Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Uh, we're going to go to two passages. One, Psalms 1. Go to Psalms 1 and then Colossians 2. So one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament uh, this morning. It's always a blessing uh, to be with you. I, I love this church. And uh, I've said so many times that I've been back and <clears throat> just love my time here. But it was such a blessing to be on this men's trip and see uh, so many, um, you know, of course, Brother Lucio is obviously uh, new since I've been here. But so many um, that were there the years I was here. It's wonderful. Amen. And uh, by the way, I, I think pastor's already kind of got one in the works for a couple of years down the road here, and uh, I want to encourage you men and uh, encourage the men of this church, uh, be part of that. It was a blast. Brother Butler, thank you for doing all the cooking and uh, staying, you know, a couple activities we did. Brother Butler stayed behind to kind of prep things, and, and you always need somebody like that on a trip like that, and I uh, appreciate that very, very much. Uh, Hebrews 6.10 to you, my brother. Uh, you've ministered unto the saints and do minister, and God's not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. But uh, we had such a great time, and uh, Brother Mark uh, was uh, the uh, spokesperson for the grumpy old man cabin, amen? And uh, we were all G's. We were in the grubs cabin. There was the goof-offs and the grunts, and uh, Miss Wiedermeyer, he, he was... Uh, you know, the grumpy old man. And, but Brother Paul really gave him a run for his money. Brother, Brother Paul was playing the part. You know, we'd, we'd be waiting around and, and he'd just throw one in there. So we're going to get moving or what? You know, he said, I'm just trying to be a grumpy old man. Amen. And uh, we, we just had so much fun. Uh, that, that pontoon boat trip was just great. And, you know, uh, just a blast and really hope to do it again. And, and I hope you guys do it again. I, I'm not inviting myself, Pastor. Amen. <laughs> just, it's a blessing to be with God's be with God's men, you know, be with God's men, be with God's people, and uh, we just had so much fun. Brother Neil, thank you for doing all the driving for us, and uh, it was a blessing. So Psalm 1, uh, look there with me, familiar portion of Scripture. Everybody, just about everybody knows Psalm 1. We'll read the first three verses, then we'll turn over to Colossians and read. I'll, I'm going to tell you a story this morning and hopefully give you some application. Good to see Miss Betty and Sonny in the cry room where you belong uh, back there. Amen. And uh, love you both. Appreciate you so much. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a what, church? A tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Jump over to Colossians with me. We're going to read Colossians chapter 2. Verses 6 through 8 says to these Colossians, we, again, you probably know this, the Sunday school crowd, that uh, this Gnostic heresy had come into the church at Colossae, and Paul is battling it with the Word of God here. And he says in verse 6, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Boy, that's some great advice for life right there. Amen. If you've received Christ, you ought to act like a Christian. Your life ought to say, I'm a Christian. You shouldn't, shouldn't have to convince people. Your life should really do it. But then he says this, 
rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. I want to talk to you this morning, Lord willing, about the importance of roots. The importance of roots. On Friday, June 11th, 2021, just a couple months back, I was mowing the northern field of our property. We have a, a seven-acre farm that we live on, and uh, five of it, five and a half of it's mowable. So it takes a long time. I have a little, I say little, it's a 48-inch tractor, but it takes a long time to mow five and a half acres with a 48-inch cut. And I love it. Uh, my, my wife said to my son, Eric, uh, she, he's 13 now, and you know he's getting more jobs and duties and all that. She said to him, she said, honey, I don't know if dad's ever going to let you mow the lawn because he likes doing it too much. I really do. Pastor, you know how it is. You can, you can just kind of unwind and just let your mind go, and pastors need to do that every now and again. Amen. So I was cutting the, the north field, and I was mowing, and my children were playing. We bought a trampoline earlier this year, and, and so they're out there bouncing on that thing and, and uh, just having a blast. And I, I see them every time I'm facing that way, and then I turn and go the other way, and uh, it's behind our barn. And uh, I noticed that the air was getting notably cooler. And by the way, that's, a, that's beautiful in the summer. You know, you're, you're, you're hot, you're like, oh, and all of a sudden, uh, the air cooling, and I'm, and I'm watching the clouds, and they're, they're really moving, you know, just, you know how that is when you see that, amen, and, and, and I look up, and, and uh, uh, Brother Butler, the, the trees are on our property are starting to fluff, you know, just the, 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 the leaves up higher, and then I'm on the mower, I'm loving it, you know, this breeze is coming by, and it's wonderful, amen, but then it started to get notably darker, and I, you know, I'm, I'm mowing along and I pull out my phone and I, I look at, you know, my weather app and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, see the, the, the green and the yellow coming our way. And, and uh, as the old saying goes, I decided that discretion was the better part of valor. I wanted to finish the mowing. You know how that is, amen. But uh, I didn't. I told my children, hey, you know, it's time to get off the trampoline and head in. I started to feel these big raindrops, you know, one or two big ones. And I said, we, we better get inside here. And uh, I, I went and, you know, I always uh, blow off the mower. Well, I didn't do that this time. I just pulled it into the barn pasture. And as soon as I got in the mower in the barn, I mean, the heavens opened but I still had like, you know, 200 feet to go from the barn to the house. And sure enough, I walked and I was soaked, Brother Dayfield. I mean, just soaked. My kids were already in the house. But uh, we've got these trees on our property on the, I guess it would be the west end. And I call them, they're leaners. They, they all lean a little bit. And we've had a couple of them come down. I got for, for Christmas this year, my wife got me a chainsaw. Oh, yeah, hallelujah, amen. Just first time I tried, I'm, I'm so unmechanical, it's, it's hilarious, amen. First time I ever tried to use it, Pastor, I couldn't get it started, amen. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it, but then a, a man in our church showed me how to, how to work it and showed me how to properly use it and all that. You want me running around like this, you know. Uh, but we were inside, and I was really nervous. I mean, now the wind is really whipping. We're in the house, and, and um, 
that rain is just coming down. I'm watching these trees, and I'm like, oh, those leaners, they're, they're far enough away from everything that they aren't going to hurt anything if they fall. But, you know, you got to clean it up and all that. So we're inside, and I'm, you know, drying off and all that. And my mother says, we have a pond on our property, and my mother looks out at the, over by the pond. You know, leaners are over here, what I'm worried about. She goes like this. She says, look at that. I said, what? She goes, there's a tree down. And I'm thinking, oh, stupid leaners, you know, goodness, you know. And I look down, and there is a 60-foot red oak that came down, completely down on our property. Literally, boom, right into the edge of the pond. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. I mean, it didn't seem like it was that bad, Pastor. You know, the, the wind was something, but I just, I was amazed. And I was already wet, you know, Miss Marge. So I said, well, I'll just go out there and look at it. You know, the rain's starting to let up a little bit. And I, I'm, I'm, I walk out there. I've got pictures of them on my phone. I'll show them to you. And there is this huge tree that is just down, completely down. I couldn't believe it. My son Luke came out with me and he wanted to see it. I took his picture. And Pastor, we looked at it in this, this healthy tree. It had leaves all over it. No, no dead limbs or anything like that. Just was down. And my son Luke got on it. We, you know, he's walking on it. It's a huge tree. I mean, just absolutely huge. We ended up, uh, uh, three logs we got out of it uh, that we moved and all that where uh, a friend, a pastor friend of mine burns wood and uh, the logs were all like eight, nine, ten feet long. I mean, they're huge. And all the way around, I mean, just huge. It looked perfectly healthy, but it got uprooted. And we found out why. This tree was right next to our pond. It was right next to a, a prime water source, Pastor. You know, it was all, but the roots didn't go very deep. You hear what I'm saying? The roots didn't go very deep. By the way, that tree had every opportunity. It had water, it had sunlight, it had all that, but the roots didn't go very deep. If you go back to Psalm 1, and I'll just run through this quick because, you know, it just press for time here, but... The blessed man, in Psalm 1, the blessed man is separated from the world. Amen? The blessed man is separated from the world. He's separated from their counsel, from their company, and from their control. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Listen, we're separated from the world's advice, the world's association, and the world's administration. Amen? We're just... Uh, the. The, the, the world can affect us so devastatingly if we don't decide, listen, I get, I get my advice from God. I'm not saying, uh, there, there's so many mechanical things and all that, it's fine. to. I'm just talking about your philosophy, your general philosophy of life ought to be when man and God disagree, I'm going with God. Amen? Separated from the world. Amen? But then the blessed man is also saturated with the word. If you look at verses 2 and 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Okay? And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Uh, Warren Wearsby, one of your pastor's favorite authors and mine as well. I, I enjoy Wearsby very much. He said, whatever delights us, directs us. 
And that's true. I talked about it in the morning service, Lord willing, talk about it at 1030. Uh, our love life is what directs us. And he says here that the blessed man is saturated with the Word. And I want to ask you, what place in your life does the Word of God have? Do you truly love the Word of God? Some people have a Bible and some people love their Bible. Uh, I think of uh, was the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 97. He said, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. I think it was Job who said, I've esteemed thy words more than my necessary food. So the blessed man is separated from the world and he's saturated with the word, but he's also situated by the waters. You know, water can be a picture of the word of God in in, uh, the Bible. It can also be a picture of the Holy Spirit. If you read John chapter 7, Jesus, when he, when he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me, and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Spirit. Amen. And so this, this blessed man, I think about it where it says there in verse 3, He shall be like a tree. What's the next word, church? Planted by the rivers of water. Planted. God uses the illustration of a tree many times in the Scriptures to describe His people. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about roots, and then I'll give you some applications. Uh, roots are unseen, right? Roots are unseen. We, had a, uh, we lived in a home in uh, Pontiac, Michigan, Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, when we went to Midwestern Baptist College. And uh, there was, it was such a blessing, uh, such a story how the Lord worked that out for us. It was a mile from campus, and it was a mile from the church. And there were only three homes there. One was rented by a guy who worked at the car dealership. The other was basically a storehouse for a restaurant. And here was this home, and we lived there for four years. It was God worked it out for us in such an incredible way. But on the side of that home, Brother Backman, was, was a, a tree. And this tree, instead of growing like this, grew like this. And the, the root pushed into the foundation of the house. So every time it would rain, we had water in the basement. You couldn't see it unless you dug down. Roots are unseen. Can I tell you that the roots of your Christian life are unseen? The time you spend in your Bible? The time you spend in prayer? There's only one person who sees that. God Almighty. Roots are unseen. Roots are the strength and stability of the tree. Roots are the strength and stability of the tree. In Mark chapter 4, you have the, uh, the parabolic teaching there. Verse number 6, it talks about uh, the, the seed, the sower, and the soils. When the sun was up, talking about this, this uh, one that, when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. And then he explains it in verse 17. He says, uh, verse 16, he says, These are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. So endure 
But for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Listen, this tree that fell over on our property, we found out that its roots were the strength and stability of the tree. And you know what it was, Pastor? Not that much. Just a, I mean, a simple gust of wind came up from underneath and uprooted that tree. Think about that in your own Christian life. Your roots are the strength and stability of your Christian life. I'm glad for everybody that comes to church. Amen. Absolutely right. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But developing those roots yourself with God's help. Amen. They're the strength and stability of of the tree. Roots, listen, roots must be nourished. Amen? Roots must be nourished. Uh, The soil, Hosea 10.12 talks about break up thy fallow ground. The soil, it it needs good soil. Uh, It needs the sun. The Bible talks about in Malachi uh, 4.2, the sun of righteousness. Amen? We need the sun in our life if we're going to develop our roots. Amen? And then it needs water as well. We talk about the water of the Word of God, the water of the Holy Spirit. Roots must be nourished. Roots, depth, and quality determine the life and fruitfulness and usefulness of the tree. Roots, depth, and quality determine the life, fruit, you and usefulness of the tree. I think of that verse, Pastor, and it's speaking of the nation of Israel, but it, it really applies in this, is Isaiah 37, 31. It talks about that Israel will take root downward and bear fruit upward. You know, so many times we're interested in the fruit, but we're not interested in the root. You know, if we'll take care to develop our roots we will bear fruit. Amen. I, I had a young, somebody said, give a piece of advice to young preachers, if you would. Just one piece of advice, Brother Lucio. I said, don't worship at the altar of results. Because there's going to be a lot of weeks in your life you're not going to have any. Doesn't matter. The most oft-used illustration in the Bible is farming. You know how much fruit you get in the winter? About that much. None. You know how much you get in the spring? About that much. Come summer and harvest time, that's when you get fruit. But so, talking about roots. So, here's, here's what I want to encourage you. Number one, uh, just, just by application. First of all, root yourself in God's Word. Root yourself in God's Word. Just be, Psalm 1, you just delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Just study to show thyself approved. And like the Bereans, uh, search the scriptures daily, whether those things are so, Acts 17, 11. Just root yourself in God's word. I, I think about how that will solve many problems in your life. Just rooting yourself in, knowing what God says about something will determine the course of what you do or what you don't do. So root yourself in God's Word. Secondly, goes back to Colossians chapter 2. Root yourself in God's Son. As ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him. Root yourself in God's Son. 
You know, it's, it's nice. Uh, you, many of you remember the, the bracelet fad, uh, WWJD, became what I call bumper sticker Christianity. What would Jesus do? Nothing wrong with that at all. But how about what did Jesus say? Amen? Because that'll tell you a lot more about how you ought to root yourself in what he said and, and did here, not what, what he might have done. Amen. And again, I'm, I'm not against WWJD. That's fine. It's, it's a great philosophy. But I think uh, WDJS, what did Jesus say, is, is matters more. Amen. And so root yourself in God's Son. Look at how Jesus would handle a situation. Look at how he, he dealt with this. Look at the way he uh, served, amen, and all those things. You could say, you know, it would be a good thing if we said, I want to be like Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the mind of a, of a servant. So root yourself in, in God's Son. Root yourself in God's Word. Thirdly, root yourself in God's grace. Second. Peter 3.18 tells us, Pastor, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Christ Jesus our Lord. I, I just had the privilege of doing our vacation Bible school, and we did uh, ocean commotion, amen? It's a lot of fun. And I was a saltwater stand. It's a great thing to preach with a Hawaiian shirt on all the time, amen? And I was saltwater stand. And uh, saltwater stand, one of the things we, we looked in there is we talked about grace. You know what grace is? Great. I mean, it's all kind, God's riches at Christ's expense, the acronym. And, but grace is somebody giving you something you didn't deserve. Boy, it'd be all right if we rooted ourselves in that. The fact that I'm not worthy. You know, sometimes we come to church for a little while and we see somebody that doesn't come to church and we think ourselves more worthy than them. We're not. You root yourself in God's grace, it'll take care of pride problems. Amen? It's just God's grace in my life. You know, there, the, but by the grace of God, there go I. Didn't Paul say in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, I am what I am by the grace of God. Root yourself in God's grace. Root yourself in God's grace. Root yourself in God's Son. Root yourself in God's Word. Hey, go to Ephesians chapter 3 with me. Ephesians. That's a great passage I was said on, I think on Wednesday night I was saying I, I taught in Ephesians. I'm doing a 23-week 23, 23 series on the Gospel of John, and uh, it's the longest Sunday morning series I've ever done uh, at Loomis Park. I, I usually try to stick to eight or uh, six or, you know, just something like that, but there's 21 chapters in John, so I'm doing a, a, a passage out of each chapter, and then two, two chapters get two. But on Wednesday nights, I teach through a book of the Bible, and we just go do a little half-sheet, Pastor. And I was in Ephesians, six chapters. I was in Ephesians for 86 weeks. Just six, six little chapters, amen? But there's so much in there, just so much. Look what it says, Ephesians chapter 3, verse... Oh, let's, let's uh, look at verse 16 there. It says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being what? Rooted and grounded in what? Love. Root yourself in God's love. Look what it says. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge 
that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Root yourself in God's love. Listen, we all, we, we talked about this a lot at the men's retreat. We all stray. The thing about sheep is they stray. We, we all stray. We all stumble. We all, when that happens, you have got to root yourself in the fact that God's love for you has not changed because you stumbled. People think, well, I, I'm living in such a way to earn God's love. Fooey. My kids can't earn my love. They already have it. Now, they can earn my favor. Amen. That's, that's different. They can, they can earn you know, the, the idea of obedience and disobedience. I'm not minimizing that at all. But I'm telling you this. You need to root yourself in God's love. God's love. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law. Root yourself in God's love. Listen, if you love God like you should, you'll love your neighbor. It's not that hard. Amen? It's hard, but it's not. It's not complicated. Amen? And then lastly, let me give you this one. And, and give, me, give me a little liberty on this one. Go to Psalm 92. So let me just, by way of review... The blessed man is separated from the world. He's saturated with the word. He's situated by the waters. Roots are unseen. Roots are the strength and stability of the tree, or a lack thereof, by the way. Roots must be nourished. Roots, depth, and quality determine the life, fruit, and usefulness of the tree. So root yourself in God's word. Root yourself in God's Son. Root yourself in God's grace. Root yourself in God's love. You're in Psalm 92. Great psalm. Look down at around verse number uh, 12. Verse number 12. Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like what? Like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be what? Planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Can I tell you to, and again, give me a little liberty on this by way of application. I know it's not talking about New Testament Christianity here. I, I understand that. But I think we could take it and apply it and say, root yourself in God's house. Root yourself in God's church. Put your roots down in God's church. If they're having service, be there. Amen? Amen? If, if we're having an activity, we're having a work day, just be there. I, I think about, Pastor, I, I've done so much wrong in my life. So, so many, even since I've been saved, I did so, made so many bonehead mistakes and all that. But when people ask me and I tell, give my testimony about how I got saved and how I grew in the Lord, and two years later I was in Bible college, and people ask me, how did that happen? And I always tell them without fail, Pastor, I said, I just simply was in God's house whenever the doors were open. My first activity, the church, on that lower property, Pastor, they were felling trees. My first activity was cutting up trees and throwing them in the wood chipper on a Saturday with the men of the church. That was my first activity at the church that I can remember. On a November day, cold, 
And, uh, but then just saying, hey, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, men's retreat, work day, whatever there is. Just root yourself in God's church. Root yourself in God's church. I, years ago, we had a man come to our church, and we're blessed in about a 15-mile area to have several solid churches of like faith and like conviction. Uh, and, but they're spread out all over. And um, this man had come to our church, and he wanted to join. And this was back, I was, wasn't there very long, and uh, we used to, they used to meet with me and all my deacons if they wanted to meet. Now, you know, I've been there long enough for just me and another deacon or whatever. And uh, so we're sitting there meeting with all these deacons, and so we say, you know, tell us, tell us about your spiritual life, and I'm done with this. So tell us about your spiritual life last four or five years. And, and he said, Brother Mark, said, well, I've been a member of this church. And then a year later, I was a member of this church. And then I was a member of this church. And, and it was about seven or eight churches in about three or four years. And I said, Brother, can I give you a piece of advice? He's way older than me. I said, you know, can I give you a piece of advice? Would you just put your roots down somewhere? Stop being like a fly in a pasture and checking out every church looking for the perfect one because there isn't one. And just root yourself. Listen, root yourself in the church of God. Root yourself. The importance of roots, Pastor. 